This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Welcome to this fun little bonus episode that we are doing. I guess this is uh, in lieu of Ryan's Chasing the Gold episodes that he typically does here with In Session. But Mr. Ryan McQuaid is very busy, uh, as I'm sure many of you listening know. Uh, So I am jumping in because I feel like we need to talk about the award season this year. Not only has it kicked off in full gear, but my God, the discourse. I need someone here to help me break it down because it is absolutely insane. So joining us is the great Brian Rowe, who actually writes for us at InSessionFilm.com. Of course, he has his own show and YouTube channel as well. Brian, thanks for joining me in this endeavor. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for inviting me. Absolutely. So as we get into this, I don't know how else to start this off other than to just throw it all at the wall. What the hell is going on this award season? Why are people mad at Babylon and (laughs) what's going to happen when it wins best picture? (laughs) I am so frustrated by this discourse right now. Uh, Oh, Babylon flopped and ha ha ha. It's like people are almost celebrating it and I don't understand. (laughs) <laughs> I don't understand it either. Like, I don't understand it either. And, you know, because I, I saw your tweet earlier today as we are recording this. I very much do agree. The The box office for Babylon is disheartening for sure. Right. But it's not a surprise. No. Surely <laughs> we had enough logic to think that a movie that starts off with a 45-minute orgy sequence was not <laughs> going to do the best at the box office. I mean, I and an I, elephant it was taking a giant dump <laughs> in the opening five minutes. Exactly on the camera, right at the audience. So, yeah, I I don't think that was a surprise to anybody, right? Um, or at least it wasn't a surprise to me. Of many people wanting to jump on that, uh, but but it's disheartening not only because of the the results. Of, of course, it is, but. Um, do we not want those kind of ambitious swings from studios? I feel like we should want that. Yeah. And I think we'll always get a few here and there, but it makes it that much harder when a movie like Babylon, which apparently did cost more than $80 million. Yeah. When a movie like this does this poorly, it's not like it opened with eight or 10 or 12 million. It opened with like four to five opening weekend. Yeah. That's yeah. that's tough. And so mm. I I mean I saw the film yesterday and outside of a few things in the third hour, which I thought were kind of slow and I didn't love the ending, I was really taken with it. I thought it was a great mm-hmm. movie. And it it's sad to me that we're not going to get as many of these kinds of original films, especially yeah. at the end of the year. 
in, yeah, uh, you know, exactly. in all the years to come. Yeah. And that's, that's really my thing with it. I mean, we can debate the movie all day. Right. And there's much to talk about just in terms of what Chazelle's doing with the film mm-hmm. as a film with its themes, its characters, its drama. You know, we can certainly dissect all of that, but as cinephiles, as critics, I don't understand the pouring on and and urging on its failure. Like we should want these. I mean, because these these kind of films are dying anyway. Right. And four million dollars in four days or whatever it was <laughs> certainly does not urge the studios further. So yeah, I I mean, even movies like that that don't work for me, I still want to see those movies right and what what i think is the sad reality though when it comes to award season is when a movie bombs this hard it does become more difficult for the movie to win and be nominated for things i i I don't know why that is i don't see what box office has to do with the quality of films and things but now i wonder about babylon's chances at the oscars the nominations come out on january 24th they're going to mm-hmm. look at this and all of the mixed reviews too. But like, yeah. I wonder now, can it get into best picture? I thought it would. And now I'm like, maybe because of the low box office come mid January, it yeah. won't place in picture, which is, sad. I think, yeah, that's, that is a really great point. Uh, the Academy for one reason or another really emphasizes box office, <laughs> Yeah, you know, because I think of something like what well, Bohemian Rhapsody didn't get great reviews. That was very well at the box office, but it did extremely well at the Mm -hmm. box office. And therefore the Academy ate that up. (laughs) Obviously we know where things went from there with that movie. So, you know, or even something like that first black Panther comes out, Mm -hmm. grosses over a billion dollars and goes on to get a nomination. Yeah. Over a year later. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So they, they do consider that for better or worse for worse. But they do consider that uh, quite drastically. So I am curious. I, I will say this. I'm very pro-Babylon for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like you still, I'm still figuring out that ending. Uh, or at least, you know, not not the final scene. The final scene I think is great. But everything with Tobey Maguire is, uh, I don't know what to think of it. <laughs> it was but interesting. <laughs> it was it was interesting, but I I I mostly loved everything else around that scene. I am rooting for it if the academy decides to embrace it. Generally speaking, it seems like it's too ambitious for the academy's mm-hmm. taste, but at the very least um if the performances won't be nominated, if Giselle's direction won't be nominated, and I'm kind of dubious on both of those fronts, I just hope that Justin Hurwitz's score gets in because oh, right. it is mm-hmm. incredible. It is so good. I was thinking Calva could maybe take that fifth best actor slot. Now I don't think that's mm-hmm. happening, but I do think mm-hmm. Margot Robbie still has a shot. She's really yeah. good. She's really good, and it's Margot Robbie. Yeah. You know, people know her. I, I could see her getting in for sure. Diego Calva, I love, might give my favorite performance of the film, but mm. I don't know. He, obviously, he doesn't have the name recognition. That'll likely hurt his chances. Yeah. But I do I do really like the performances on the whole. I, I think the the ensemble is is really great. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, I just don't know if the Academy would go for it. Let's let's move on to something else. Let's talk about another ambitious project because maybe I am juxtaposing my own theory here. Although, generally speaking, I do think there's a history of the Academy not going for these overly ambitious films. But that said, everything, everywhere, all at once is getting tons of love everywhere. Surely the Academy will go for that film. Correct? Or Can you crazy? imagine? Could you imagine what would happen on film Twitter <laughs> if on now. January 24th, nuclear belt all now. it got was like best supporting actor for Kihi Kwan and nothing else? Can you imagine? Uh, I mean, you know, you say that jokingly, and I can almost see that happening. I can't see that happen because the Academy does these things that baffle me. Yeah. Uh, from I don't think time, it will. I don't think that'll happen. No but way. I do, I mean, what what really makes me nervous is the is M- Michelle Yeoh. Like, oh, okay, could yeah. she miss Best Actress if they went for, you know, five other performances? I don't think that will happen, but mm-hmm. I'm, like, mentally prepared for it to do that. I like, and I will be losing my mind because I uh, think she could win. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree. If she doesn't get in, then who replaces her? Right. Think? And I think that one thing is I, I felt that Margot Robbie was a pretty solid fourth or fifth option because Babylon is now underperforming with critics yeah. at the box office. I think she's now on shaky ground. Mm. There's just so much love this whole year for everything, everywhere, all at once that mm. I think it gets into picture director, actress, supporting actor, supporting actress is a different is an unusual category in that does it get in for Curtis or Stephanie Shu or nothing? Yeah. I was going to really, say really curious about that. Well, and that's, you know, like Stephanie Sue has been an interesting conversation this award season because early on, it felt like she had no momentum, right? It feels like she's picked up some. Does she get in for that film? I don't know, but I also feel like Diego Calva, he, she, like Diego Calva, she doesn't, and she's a new name. New Is name. Her, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really know. It's, it's hard I to did, say. I watched the film again a week or two ago and it worked a lot better for me on a second watch. I don't know if that was the same for everybody else, but I was really confused the first time and the second yeah. time it made more sense. But I'm yeah. like, that's a, like Jamie Lee Curtis would be a very unique nomination it's not your typical kind of oscar nominated performance it's yeah. you know what after that opening few scenes with her it's a lot of just little snippets throughout the film until the end mm-hmm. and so yeah i don't know if that's going to happen like they're saying yeah. she might win at the golden globes and i'm like mm-hmm. if she wins at the golden Globes, she might get in so i don't know well that is a really interesting point I love Jamie Lee Curtis. Don't get me wrong. That would be a really odd nomination. <laughs> I, I don't know if I would understand that. And I completely agree with you. I recently revisited the film. And yeah, there's some interesting exchanges between her and Michelle Yeoh early on. But yeah, throughout most of the film, she there's, there's a physical element to her performance. That's interesting. I don't know if it garners awards conversation, but <laughs> for Jamie Lee Curtis, it's interesting. And then, yeah, there's a couple of snippets where there's very little dialogue. It's mostly visual storytelling mm-hmm. there. And it is moving. It's obviously very funny and weird. Uh, but again, does it garner awards love that? 
I don't know, especially when so much of the film revolves around, around the mother daughter dynamic. And that is so yeah. incredible that why would you go for the performance on the periphery and not the one that's part of the nucleus of the movie? I so, have found in years past that usually when there are like two performances from a movie and they're kind of bouncing around throughout award season, usually the Oscars make the right choice. They go yeah. with the one that's a little bit where we're all saying, how is Curtis going to get in over Sue? And it's like, well, wait till the Oscar nominations. They usually get it right. Yeah. At the same time, I love Jamie Lee Curtis. She's never been nominated too. before. So yeah. that would be cool. So I'm like, I'm of two minds yeah. about it. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It is a, a bit of a double-edged sword in that regard. It is just kind of funny to me, even when you think about that actor-on-actor uh, actor thing she did with Colin Farrell. <laughs> yeah. The whole time she, her, like her presence there, at least to me, it felt like, why am I here? <laughs> like, <laughs> why, why is this? She even says that at some point, like, I'm surprised that this, not just the film, but my presence in it, has garnered this kind of reaction like you know she's right. like i was there I, for like I, three days <laughs> that make, yeah that makes her endearing that i was like that was really shocking when she revealed that it was that in that video where she said this is a film i shot before the pandemic in mostly two days yeah and i'm like yeah. jamie don't tell the voters <laughs> you made your whole movie in two days that doesn't look good <laughs> yeah it it felt weird it, it felt like she was confused as to why she's in this conversation and but, and again I, I say that with love but i i kind of agree with that sentiment but naomi harris shot moonlight in three days That's and true. everybody knew that and she got a nomination for that so i don't yeah. think it's going to hurt her chances but that's, that's true i i think mostly the difference and i mean we kind of already talked about it but it's it's like what is she doing in that movie it, it's an interesting supporting <laughs> role that works for the film for sure. Yeah. But I don't know if it's anything beyond that re awards talk. So. Well, I think what helps her is that best supporting actress is so chaotic right now. There's no front runner. Like the only person who looks like she could be a front runner and win a bunch of stuff is Carrie Condon for the Banshees of Inisherin. Yep. She seems to me like she could kind of sweep, but she's also not that well known of a name. That's true. Which yeah. makes me wonder, can she win all of these prizes? Not a lot of people know her. It's not yeah. like Banshees has been like this huge money maker and everyone's watching it. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there's a clear front runner, and that what that's what makes this category mm -hmm. really interesting. Going no. from SAG yeah. to Oscars. Like, I don't think anything's gonna line up exactly moving yeah. forward. I, it is really weird in that regard. It, it, it feels to me like Stephanie Sue should be dominating the category, but right. she isn't. And and maybe it'll come down to her and Condon and these two names that aren't quite as prominent uh, yet. Hopefully that'll change soon. But uh, yeah, I don't I know. Just, it is interesting. I just saw Triangle of Sadness on Sunday and Dolly that's Day on yes. is great. That's another but she's one. only yeah. really in the last 40 the minutes. The last act. Yeah. <laughs> like you have to like you have to get yeah. through like 10, 15 minutes of people throwing up, you know, projectile yeah. vomiting and all yeah. sorts of it's, it's like I watched Triangle of Sadness and all of that 
bodily stuff. And then I watched Babylon the day after. And I'm like, what's happening here? <laughs> it was just too much. Yeah. It, it is a lot. Yeah. But you have to get, you have to get like, if you get to the third act and really go with it, she's great. But she's great. You have to yeah. take that into, into account when you're only at the end of a movie. I don't know if you can win stuff if you're not in yeah. the first two thirds. <laughs> yeah. And, and Triangle is a very, weird movie in the sense that <laughs> yeah. it's it's three distinct acts it's yeah, almost a like three different films mm-hmm. so like how would a voter you know <laughs> decipher that i i don't know it, it's an interesting question that's that's for sure let me ask you about top gun maverick yes. so this is a big movie um that came out earlier in the year everyone seemed to love it it made gobs of money mm-hmm. does it get into best picture do you think Yes, I think okay. that's a, that. So in my Oscar predictions video for best picture, I said there were five locks and I picked Top Gun Maverick as a lock. I think if it was five films, unusually enough, if it was only five nominees, I don't know if it gets that fifth slot. But in with 10, with 10 right, it's yeah. 10 this year. Yeah. So yeah. it gets in with 10 for sure. Yeah. OK. Does it get anything beyond that? Do you think? I don't know. There's been a lot of talk going around about Tom Cruise getting a Best Actor nomination, and I am not for that. But <laughs> as people know, as people know, if you've been following me on Twitter, but Best okay. Actor, which is usually very competitive year to year, usually there's like five people that are just like locked in, mm-hmm. maybe like a sixth alternate. This year we only have three. We only yeah. have Colin Farrell, Austin Butler, and Brendan Fraser. And then the other two are kind of up for grabs right now. And because of that, and all of the love for Top Gun Maverick, and it's been a long time since he was nominated for uh, Magnolia, mm-hmm. like it could just be love of kind of him as an actor, as a performer, and everything he does for these action mm-hmm. films. Like he could get in. And I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to be mad. It's okay. <laughs> but I'm just like, really? For best actor? Um, well, so here's... I think it's possible. He did get in at Critics' Choice, which surprised okay. me. So now I'm like, maybe he can get in there. Yeah, I don't I, think it's going to happen, but we'll see. <laughs> I don't I don't think it's going to happen either. I yeah. would be surprised if he gets in. I will say, though, I, I, I think I'd love it. <laughs> I, I do think it's one of his best performances in a long time because we haven't really seen him really delve into anything meaningful since... Who knows? It's when? been a long it's time. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's like, I want to really say his time. last great performance in a movie was Collateral from 2000. Collateral. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That makes it's sense. Almost 20 years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And what I love about Top Gun is that it's, it's, it is a sequel, but it's less of a sequel, I think. And more so, uh, uh, a bombastic high octane action film bottled into a Manchester by the sea. That's what that movie is. It's his, it's, it's an action movie, Manchester by the sea. And I found that fascinating. There's two scenes in particular that I think are really moving mm-hmm. the scene early on when he's first thrown out of the bar and he hears Rooster playing the song on the piano, mm. and there's an incredible wide shot of him just looking in from the outside that I think is devastating. That piece of acting alone, and again, the Academy never goes for subtlety. They're anti-subtlety. But the <laughs> the introspective reflection there, I think, mm. is absolutely phenomenal. And then more overtly, there's his, 
again, Manchester by the sea, I can't beat it moment that he has with Iceman. I can't get mm-hmm. over it. And while there is some dialogue there, again, what that scene is mostly is the camera just stationary looking at Maverick. That's all that it is. And it's it's Tom Cruise having to say a lot without saying really anything at all. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really great. I think it's it's fantastic. To me, that is by far the, the best work he's, he's done in years. Mm-hmm. To your point, though, is it worthy of being in the conversation for best actor? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it is, but I think it's good enough that if he got in, I would have no problem yeah, with it. It's okay. I just, I mean, there's still a lot more films I need to see. I, see, I need to see after sun. I'm hearing great things about after sun mm, and yeah, some of Paul these smaller out. movies where I think yeah. that the performances in those might be more worthy, but there's still a lot to yeah. see the introspection with uh, Jeremy Pope. I want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I will say this top, Top Gun. Tom Cruise, I don't think he should win. And let me be clear about that. If he got in, if he was nominated, and I don't even know if he'll make my personal top five when we do the Incession Film Awards here pretty soon. Uh, But if he got in, if he got nominated, I'd be happy. That category should come down to two people. It should be Colin Farrell, because he had a phenomenal year, not just in Banshees. Mm -hmm. After Yang. Earlier in the year, I said his performance in After Yang was the best performance I've ever seen from him. And I didn't even know much about Banshees at that time. That movie comes out. And the first question I have is, was I wrong earlier in the year? And maybe the answer is yes. (laughs) And he's great in the Batman too. And he's great in the Batman. Uh, He's the best thing about the Ron Howard movie as well. So like he, he's had a really great year Mm -hmm. and should probably win just on the totality of it. Mm-hmm. But that said, if Paul Mescal was to somehow slip in and win, uh, uh, yeah, I would no, absolutely lose my mind <laughs> over that. I would lose my. Mind. It should come down to those two, as far as far as I'm I concerned. think. I think right now the win is either Colin Farrell or Austin Butler. I think Brendan Fraser. This I'm I'm seeing the whale mm. tonight. I'll know tomorrow how I feel about it. Uh, but the reviews of the whale the last few weeks have been shockingly low, and a lot of yeah. people are not loving it so that makes me yeah. wonder if i mean i think he gets in uh at the for the nominations but i don't think mm-hmm. brennan fraser wins anything anymore no. but we'll see no i i'm with you on that i don't think he wins i think he gets in really on two for two reasons one i think he's genuinely great the film around him debatable okay. i don't <laughs> i don't love it either i can't say i'm I, I like. I don't hate it like most people do. I think the, the extremism on a lot of these films is is too much, and it's wild. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't think it's the worst movie I've ever seen. It is mean spirited, but there is purpose to the meanness of the movie, mm. and that's why his performance is crucial because it's all about him and his characteristics, his optimism and love, kind of punching through all of that negativity. Mm-hmm. Again, as obvious and myopic as you may deem that to be, we we can have that conversation. But that is the point of the movie. And his performance, I think, is genuinely great. Right. So it, it should be nominated on on that merit alone. But then there's also the the narrative of Brendan Fraser and who doesn't love the narrative? <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know. Right now, if I had to predict today, I think the winner of Best Actor in March could be Austin Butler. 
Yeah, for Elvis. and that makes sense. I, because of know. Rami Malek's win for Bohemian Rhapsody, I think all it takes yeah. is Austin Butler winning at Golden Globes, maybe at Critics' Choice, and giving like two dynamite speeches, and we're and off and running. And, on, yeah. <laughs> and, and I could see that happening. It's a better performance than Rami Malek, I think. And yeah, I'm not going to complain about it. <laughs> like, I feel like if Elvis wins big somewhere at the Oscars, that's the one that makes sense yeah. to me. So, yeah. Uh, well, I guess on that note, do you think Boz or anything else from that film has a chance? I think Lerman has a chance now getting into Best Director. I didn't think so a few months ago, but he's been like the movie's been overperforming and I yeah. think it's going to do very well. You know, it's 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 a movie that everyone really likes and. And I would have liked it even more if not for that Tom Hanks performance, which I thought was very <laughs> odd. <laughs> yeah, like, you're not wrong. Bizarre, bizarre. Is, and I love Tom Hanks. I'm like, yeah. what? Like, this could have been like a supporting actor nomination for yeah. Tom Hanks, and that makeup and everything and his voice—it's very strange, and it pulls the movie down for me. Oh, I, I completely agree. Yeah. <laughs> You know, there, there's, there is the makeup element of it. Maybe that's slightly distracting. I, I can get past that. I, I think the performance itself is slightly out of place. It doesn't feel nearly as grounded as uh, Austin Butler. But I don't. Maybe that's a Boz Lerman thing, though. To be mm. fair, because Boz's style is so over the top and absurd and ridiculous and fun that maybe he was asking Tom Hanks to 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 maybe match that a little bit. I don't know. But it, it certainly doesn't fit well with Austin Butler. I don't think. Yeah, anyway. it felt like a character that should have been in the Batman. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. That would have felt more perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, you're definitely not wrong there. Uh, okay, let's switch to another movie, one that I love. One that I think most of film Twitter is really championing and rooting for. What what are the chances that RRR does anything <laughs> beyond best song? Yeah, I, you know, I I think it's slim. Like people are talking, it could get into that tenth best picture slot. I now I was predicting Babylon to get the tenth best picture slot. Now I'm not so sure. I just don't know. Will enough people screen the movie? It's three hours long. It's a it's a different kind of film. I yeah. really was taken with it the other night. I finally watched it on Netflix, yeah. and it's a big, boisterous, crazy movie with big, like some huge action spectacle yeah. effects, yeah. and and then they're dancing, and I'm like, I mean, yeah. it's possible. I don't see it getting into best picture. I see it getting into like a best song, maybe a couple technicals. Okay. But I would be surprised if it got that 10th slot for best picture. Okay. Well, what are your 10 right now out of curiosity? Oh, gosh. Can I think of all of them yeah. off the top of my head? Uh, let me see. So, uh, Avatar The Way of Water gets in. Okay. Banshees of Inishirin. Banshees. Elvis. Elvis. Everything Everywhere All at Once. Okay. The Fablemans. Fablemans. Yeah. Uh, Tar. Tar. And women Talking? I still think Women Talking gets in. Yeah. Like that's like my number eight or nine right now. Okay. I think that gets in. Uh what am I forgetting? <laughs> I don't uh, every- think I don't think Glass Onion gets in. No. Did you say everything everywhere all at once? Yeah, everything everywhere all at once gets in. 
Okay. I had Babylon. I'm the only person I feel like in the universe who's predicting decision to leave gets in. Maybe, maybe yeah. I'm just still stuck on drive my car getting in last year. Maybe, yeah. And well, no, it, like nobody was predicting that. Like, well, some mm. were, but I was like, I think drive my car gets in for both picture and director. And people were looking at me like I was crazy. And then it happened. So I feel like yeah. every year there's that international movie. There, but yeah. I think it's a smaller. It's a smaller film than drive my car was in terms of all of the promotion it was getting so maybe i'm just like thinking too too hard on that i don't know no i decision to leave uh it's interesting because when that first came out it felt like it was getting tons of love yeah as one of the best films of the year the performances the direction of it i i feel like the conversation on it has slowed down a little bit maybe that's part of it Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but maybe it has a drive my car kind of run. It, it, to me, it feels like, and I might just be misremembering. It feels like drive my car had a little bit more momentum at this time than drive my right. car. I wonder if if another film, foreign film, replaces it because it it feels like it's picked up a little bit more momentum in recent weeks. Is all quiet on the Western Front, right? Mm-hmm. maybe that so, somehow slips in yeah and my my best picture video i talked about all quiet on the western front as being like that spoiler i thought this yeah. could get in if if babylon falters if decision to leave doesn't make it i do think all quiet gets in for a lot of reasons mm-hmm. and i think it showing up on all those short lists they just released the short list a few days ago i think all quiet showed up on five of them like it's getting seen yeah. and people are loving it and yeah. i thought it was amazing i reviewed it for in session film i gave you it did. Yeah. four stars yeah. and i it's going to be on my top 10 of the year list Same. i think it's great yeah mm-hmm. and the the first movie version one best picture way back in the early 1930s yeah. and there's a lot of reasons why it could get in so i'm yeah. starting to shift and thinking that that will take a ninth or tenth slot for best picture i think that would be an interesting story too just in terms mm-hmm. of the narrative it's the first german film production of that story right all these years later also getting into Beck's picture i think would be a lot of fun let me ask you this as well speaking of spoilers <laughs> uh, we so we haven't had an animated film get in the best picture right. in a long time mm-hmm. what it, could pinocchio somehow del toro's pinocchio could that somehow not the Zemeckis one? Yeah, not the Zemeckis. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that was bad. Totally forgot that existed for a moment until so I. <laughs> yeah, I know. That was shockingly bad. Was so bad. Uh, Del Toro's Pinocchio, on the other hand, very good. Uh, did well with Netflix, according to Netflix, anyway, and and is really w- well reviewed. I imagine it's a front runner for best animated film as well. Could could that? maybe play spoiler yeah i really loved it i watched it the other night it's very dark and it's such a fresh new take on the pinocchio story i just mm-hmm. feel like it's going to get into animated feature i don't know if there'll be enough people championing it to get into best picture i like i, I don't mm-hmm. see that happening but again if okay. enough people are you know voting for it in that top category it could get in but i don't see it happening right now Okay. Well, maybe we can take up the mantle. In session film will be the one <laughs> to champion that film for best picture. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, if 
so Pinocchio is probably not getting in. Maybe decision to leave. Is there anything else on the periphery that, that you could see maybe sneaking in there? Let me think. I mean, the, the, I would love to see Pearl get in, but that's never going to happen. <laughs> never. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be that would be my biggest scream on Oscar nominations morning. Mm-hmm. Probably Mia yeah. Goth. Mia Goth taking mm-hmm. like the fifth slot for best actress would be cool. Yeah. Uh, what are some other favorites? I loved Good Luck to You, Leo Grand, but that's a very small yeah. movie. I yeah. still think in a maybe a different year if that film had come out in December, like maybe Emma Thompson gets in for Best Actress, but mm. it's a tiny little movie, and I just don't it know is. if people are still talking about it now. Yeah. I thought The Northman was great, but again, that came out in April, so I don't think that yeah. has had a lot of momentum since its release. Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think of like an end. Like, what made me think Babylon would get in was its late December release. If Babylon had come out in mm-hmm. September, October, I don't think it gets in. But I just, it's kind of fresh in all of our minds right now. Oscar nominations are just a few weeks away. So that's why yeah. I thought it would get in, even if it was kind of polarizing. I'm still not taking it out because of the 10. If it was eight, some years we have eight. Yeah, it would be gone. So it wouldn't yeah. get in there. But I'm like, hmm, like there's, there's some people who really love it. So, and it's about mm-hmm. early Hollywood. You and can't they love movies about themselves. We know that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but that's also kind of the Fablemans is a celebration of yeah. movie making. So they could yeah. go for Fablemans instead, which I think well, will happen. And that, that is the interesting thing about Babylon as well. You know, because we we just reviewed it on on the main show, and we talked quite a bit about how that is, a, a, it's kind of a bleak movie. It's it's almost the anti La La Land, and and how it's it's critiquing the industry more than anything else. I think that's what's so fascinating about that final shot at the end with Diego Calva, because there's been so much talk about how it invokes this feeling of cinema and the power it holds over us. I don't think that's what that scene is doing at all. If anything, mm. I think it's the opposite. I, I think it's, it's mostly about the devastation he's experiencing as a result of being marginalized and being chewed mm. up and spit out with right. absolutely no regard. Mm-hmm. I, I, but with perhaps the frustration of there is truth to that idea that, cinema holds power over us. There is truth to that. But when you go through what he does that many people do, it's, it's a double-edged sword in that regard. I, I, it's not like what the Fablemans is doing, for example. Mm-hmm. So again, how do people in the industry feel about that? I'm really curious. <laughs> so, well, I had such a weird reaction to the ending of, of Babylon because I really liked the first half of the last scene. I love this idea that he's watching singing in the rain and yeah. it brings back his memories of so many things we saw throughout the film. And he starts mm-hmm. crying. And then the camera pulls down underneath the balcony. And we yeah. see all of these audience members oblivious to his pain. And they're just yeah. enjoying the movie like so many of mm-hmm. us do. Mm-hmm. And Chazelle like pulls back on like eight to ten audience members in close-up enjoying singing in the rain. And I, mm-hmm. I thought to myself, this is a perfect ending. And then it goes for like mm-hmm. another five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and we get Avatar in like a edited selection of clips. And I'm like, okay, I understand what you're doing here. Yeah. It's <laughs> not, this is way, I called it masturbatory. I, so that's a word I don't use very yeah. often. 
but that felt kind of self-indulgent to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a fair criticism. I mean, really, the whole film is that, though, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> it's true. I mean, does no, not hold anything back but It was going to, I thought, oh, it's going to end on this nice little note that yeah. I felt, it, it felt right, and then it just kept going, and I'm like, no, <laughs> go back. Yeah, no, that's very understandable. But, you know, but that is to say, like, I, I'm curious what, how how people in the industry will respond to it because it is a pretty i mean it's a fun and diverting movie for sure but it is also a scathing critique of the the shallowness of the industry so do will they respond to it in that regard maybe they overlook it i don't know right now i mean it depending on we'll see how the film does over the next couple big ceremonies right now i'm thinking it might not make it into picture even though it's hard not to keep it in when there's 10 it's like there's only so many i think one spoiler could potentially be black panther wakanda forever i don't see Mm. that on a lot of lists for best picture but the first film did get into best picture yeah and i didn't think it was as successful as the first one i think that's what most people think yeah but it's a very emotional movie and it's long Mm. and it was very successful what does it hit like 400 and 30 yeah, million at the box office it's successful yeah. like is the only is and, and i'm not even sure if angela bassett gets in for supporting actress that would be really cool yeah she's she uh, got in at critics choice and golden globe so i'm like maybe but well, we'll see yeah, that's that's an interesting point because earlier we were talking about how unpredictable that category is <laughs> yeah. at the moment so maybe she does get in maybe she is the front runner and we just don't know it <laughs> she's gonna win it all wouldn't yeah. that be something <laughs> that would be something for sure for that one really glorious there. scene where she just goes off it's so good yeah <laughs> yeah yeah let me ask you about my favorite category best original score what do okay. you what are you thinking for that category best original score so they released the short list i remember yes. uh seeing that the batman did not make it is that I right boo, boo. <laughs> which, which i thought was an amazing score yeah uh from earlier this year mm-hmm like, does the Fablemans have a score? <laughs> it's a good question. John Williams doing some great work there, but how much? I, I don't know. I, I will say this. I love the music for the Fablemans, but okay. I, I don't know the technicalities as far as, you know, what John Williams brings to the table versus other content that Spielberg is using there or that Williams is using there. I, I don't know. I think if there's one category that Babylon should get in, it's score. I agree. Okay. Yeah. And it won for La La Land many years ago, right? I mean, I think that's shouldn't mm-hmm. happen. He should get in there. Yeah. I no, love the, I, the score yeah. for Tar is really good, too. Yeah, Tar. I, I, I love women talking. I feel like should be a lock. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it will be, but it should be. Pinocchio. Uh, the the other one aside from the Batman that did not get in, and this is more understandable because it's a small little movie uh, that you know only cinephiles watch probably. But the score for After Yang should have mm. been uh, on the short on the list. Short list. Mm. It is incredible. It's very very good, but it's from a composer that you know, not many people are aware of. And again, it's a small Koganata film <laughs> that, you know, not many people saw most likely, at least voters. 
So I, I do understand it, but that's also one of the best scores of the year. Banshees, I think, is really great. That's a nice score. That probably gets in just the wave of love for that movie. Like it could mm-hmm. get some extra nominations that we're not entirely mm-hmm. expecting. I could see that getting into score. RRR is another great one. Um, yeah, I mean, there's Glass Onion even, I think, has a really mm-hmm. fun and energetic score. Yep. <laughs> so. And it's fun when you get to these, when you get to the more technical categories like score, it's not just going to be necessarily five best picture contenders. It doesn't have to be like the big movies. It can be like an RRR or a glass onion that might not show up in picture, which is cool. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious how they dwindle that down. I, I know for me, that's a category where I could have, I could have a top 10. I don't know <laughs> yeah. how I would be able to get it down to just five. <laughs> I right. think the, the fall season especially has been terrific for score. And, yeah. and then there's stuff like the Batman and After Yang that came out earlier in the year. Or even the Northman, I think, has a, a terrific score. Mm. Yeah. So it's been Northman should get into cinematography, but that category is so stacked. I don't even know yeah. if it places in the top 10, but that yeah. was a really great you know, the beautiful looking movie is this. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The, the cinematography, the production design of that. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is a, a different topic away from awards, but if we're just considering what is the, one of the best directed movies of the year, mm. it's definitely the Northman. Yeah. Uh, and, and with and not just cinematography and production, but staging and composition, the way he Eggers uses the camera in that film is incredible and then there's all of the action you get in that last 20 mm-hmm. minutes or whatever it's really great but understandably a film that the academy's never going to go for so what are you going to do it's there? so hard when it when a movie opens in the first six months of the year when i when i see mm-hmm. in everything everywhere all at once and elvis sticking around i'm always really happy it's about that crazy. because often often the first eight months we don't see a lot hanging on come yeah the following spring and in, in award season so the fact that we have two big ones hanging around mm-hmm. and Every, everything everywhere all at once is probably going to win some awards for best picture and things. That's mm-hmm. really cool. That came out in March of last of, yeah. of earlier this year. So, yeah, Elvis is one that I, I can at least understand a little bit more because it's a biopic and Boz Lerman has <laughs> some history with the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I get it. I do He's never been nominated for Best Director, if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. He did not get a, a nomination for Best Director for Moulin Rouge. Mm, so I don't think he's ever been nominated for Best Director at the Oscars. That'd be his first time, which is crazy. Mm, that That is a little surprising. Uh, I'm sure, I mean, I would think that his films, at least in some way, have been nominated for something. Right. But yeah, you would Moulin think Rouge. that he would have been nominated for Moulin Rouge. It feels like a movie that he would have been nominated for anyway. Yeah, I remember so many people were upset that because it is very much a director's film, Moulin Rouge. Yeah. And it was a front runner for Best Picture that season. A lot of people loved it, including myself. And people were so mad that Lerman did get into Best Director. But my favorite film of the year was Mulholland Drive. And David Mm. Lynch got that one off nomination (laughs) for Best Director. That was the only nomination Mulholland Drive got at the Oscars. So I'm like, well but david got in so yeah that's understandable <laughs> yeah no i, no, I was happy live with that yeah no <laughs> i i say that to say though okay so elvis makes a little bit of sense to me everything everywhere all at once makes absolutely no sense whatsoever to me because it's 
it, you know, it's this film from A24, and A24 has had some success, not a ton. I feel like from year to year, it's a coin toss as to whether they're going to dive into award season as heavily as they have uh, with some of their films anyway. But it's this really uncanny, surreal movie from a pair of directors who have only made what this was only like their third film maybe together. Yeah. They did Swiss army man. They did Swiss army man. So maybe this was just the second film. I think this might just be their follow-up to that one. Mm. So it's, you know, they haven't done a movie in a while. They clearly have had no relationship with the Academy to this point. (laughs) And it's just, it's this really weird, bizarre film that I feel like under any other circumstance, the Academy would easily overlook and just be like, let's move on to the next thing. And, yeah. and then you couple it with what you just talked about with it came out in like April, mm-hmm. made a ton of money, and has somehow stuck around. Like it just, <laughs> it is so unconventional to the Oscar narrative. Right. Like, I, I mean, in the summer, I thought, man, this movie's sticking around. Maybe it gets a nomination at the Oscars next year for original screenplay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now Absolutely it's like, like it could win the whole thing. For the whole thing. Like, that's crazy. Imagine. I, I, I don't even know how I would react to something like that. <laughs> that would be incredible. Like, I don't, yeah. I, I don't see everything everywhere getting the best picture trophy. But yeah, there, but I think part of it is there haven't been a lot of movies in the second half of 2022 that everyone's really rallying around the way they are for everything, everywhere, all at once. I agree. Yeah. Like the Fablemans one at Toronto and was, that was kind of set up to be the big, like best picture contender Spielberg's personal memoir Mm -hmm. on film. And I loved it. It's on my top 10 for sure. I loved Mm -hmm. it, but there, but I feel like, the buzz around the Fablemans in the last month has been kind of muted. Like I'm not hearing a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Other than, you know, I've seen some critics, cinephiles still championing that film. Yeah. But I think also the Academy has more or less proven in the last few years that they really don't care what film Twitter thinks. They don't. Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know for as much as we might push it. And I've seen, some incredible analysis on the film or people posting clips of it, talking about Spielberg's direction that I think is all warranted. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think there's some conversation on it from our end, but does that translate to the Academy and right. to your point? Probably not. So I, I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I would hope that it's in the conversation. If it's not the Fablemans, and we're assuming that a 24 is not winning here again, Banshees will probably get it. Banshees or Tar, maybe. Tar can't win Best Picture. That's Tar won't. I, I, win Best I just I just cross my fingers it gets in because that's my favorite film of the year. I think that movie same is amazing. as of right now. That and After Sun, <laughs> I go back and forth on. But yeah, but it's too divisive. I I feel like at the Oscars to win Best Picture, it has to be a movie that everybody likes a lot, <laughs> not a movie that some people love and the other people don't like. But yeah, which is because you have fair. to get those what those second third place yeah, votes yeah, kind of a yeah, thing yeah, to yeah, win. Yeah. That's like I think that's how Green Book won. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when that so, happens, I like. I guess then looking at the films that'll be nominated, it has to be Banshees. I don't know of anything else that seems consensus. Right. I think, well, I think the Fablemans could get it if enough people rally around the Fablemans. That's yeah. Right now, right now, if I had to choose what wins best picture of the Oscars, Banshees feels like the The, most likely choice. Yeah. 
which would be a great that's a that's a great movie i loved it so that yeah absolutely yeah no i'm completely (laughs) with you i will not be mad if it wins although i am always under like the, (laughs) the thing that i keep saying is I, your favorite film losing best picture is probably the best thing that ever happens to mm-hmm. it because the discourse, <laughs> yeah. whatever wins, it does not, unless it's parasite. Unless, parasite, wins. it didn't affect that movie. Everybody <laughs> loves it at one best picture and that yeah. did not. <laughs> but yeah, when you exactly. have a movie like green book that some people yeah. liked, I thought it was fine, but then it was yeah. best picture and you're like best picture. <laughs> I, I know. Like I just, I feel like moonlight and parasite have this, this general feeling of, okay, those are deserved winners, but right. everything else, it's, <laughs> if you like that movie, just, you better hope it doesn't win because people will come after it and they will not hold back. <laughs> so, yeah. so in some ways I'm kind of hoping tar doesn't win best picture no. or everything doesn't win best picture because I know in months time, uh, everyone's going to be coming after it with their pitchforks. But when it comes to best director, that's, what's really confusing because i don't see that martin mcdonough can win best director that doesn't feel right to me i mean we'll see if he wins in a Writing, couple of the upcoming screenplay ceremonies. right maybe in screenplay but director doesn't seem like and i if i remember correctly he wasn't even nominated for three billboards mm-hmm. like that was like a surprise like he didn't get in for that so i don't, I don't know maybe yeah. there's something he's doing behind the scenes that he's not getting enough love from members. Yeah. i don't know D- director feels like it should be a spielberg lock given so the yeah we've been will it be like about? a power of the dog kind of thing where no matter what happens in all the other categories this is spielberg's year we give it to spielberg and then yeah. best picture can go to another movie exactly i that does <laughs> seem like the trajectory like, like it would not shock me at all if he wins director and then banshees goes on to win best picture right that could happen i mean it, yeah. it's hard with spielberg because he's won twice best director so it's not like we yeah. need to give him the oscar no it's not like the Martin Scorsese, the parted year. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. we have to make it. But it also has been almost 25 years since he won for Saving Private Ryan. And this is like his yeah. most personal film. And it's a personal film. And it's really Absolutely. good. So yeah. that's what makes sense to me. But it also feels kind of like a safe choice here at the end of December to think in March, are we all going to rally around giving Spielberg another trophy? I don't know. Well, see, and that's interesting. <laughs> see, see, now I'm going back to what I was just, I just noted a moment ago that I've seen a lot of cinephiles and critics championing Spielberg's direction yeah. for this movie. Now, if he goes on to win Best Director, does that flip on a dime? <laughs> do, do people then go after him? I don't know. Like, that oh, wouldn't surprise me either. But I, I feel like it, it seems like the obvious safe choice, but also it feels like the right choice. And sometimes mm-hmm. those are the same thing. I don't know. It feels yeah. like this is Spielberg's year, and it should be for best director anyway. Yeah, and when it comes to the, and when it comes to the Fablemans, what has it been three months since this was announced? I'm still yeah. really baffled that Michelle Williams isn't going for supporting because I think yeah. she oh yeah, <laughs> she, she's going for lead. Is she not? Is that what they? She's going for saying? lead. Mm. I think she gets in. She takes that fourth or fifth slot. She cannot possibly win over Kate Blanchett or Michelle Yeoh. No, I don't think that can happen. And, we, and I, how many times I really loved her in the movie. Supporting. Yeah, I really yeah. love her in the movie. And there's large chunks of that film that she's not in. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. the son's story. So you could totally say that's a supporting performance. I'm I really agree. curious what the thinking is behind that. I don't movie. know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know. perhaps, I mean, I, I guess my, my best theory is that 
the character is so important to his trajectory right. and, and a lot of the choices he makes that there's weight to the performance and to yes. the character. Mm-hmm. But I agree with you. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's lead. That's just but the a same goes for uh, Viola Davis and Fences, which I think. Yeah, is, exactly. Yeah, that was a lead female role in that movie. And she won Best Supporting Actress. So it wouldn't yeah. be like it wouldn't be like, oh, no, Michelle Williams is in too much of the Fablemans. To be yeah. Like, no, Viola Davis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's no, what that's, I always say. no, I, I completely agree with that for sure. But like, she, I think she would sweep Best Supporting mm. Actress. All yeah. the way to the Oscars. I think it would just be that like uh, Laura yeah. Dern marriage Makes story sense. kind of thing. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, I got a couple of other questions here before we wind, sure. wind down here. So let's talk about Sarah Polly for a second. Mm. Uh, women talking. So I have been looking forward to this film for 10 years. Uh, Stories wow. We Tell, I think, is one of the best documentaries of Great last movie. decade. Mm-hmm. I think it's incredible. And we haven't, for heartbreaking reasons, if you know her story, we haven't had... Uh, much of her since then, and this is our first feature film since Stories We Tell. I really loved it. Uh, I think it's getting critically, it's getting pretty good reviews. I don't know if there's as much momentum uh, around it as some of these others that we've talked about. But what? How do you feel about that film? Where does it fit in? With the yeah, Oscars? I haven't I haven't seen it yet. I live in Reno, and we've gotten okay. almost everything. But women talking has not come here yet. I'm hoping it comes over like New Year's weekend or the weekend mm. after because I really yeah. want to see it. And I just made a video about uh, away from her and and Julie Christie's mm. oh, nomination. Movie. Such a yeah. good, great film. And Sarah Polly got a nomination for that screenplay. And I feel like away from her was a much smaller movie than women talking is. It's a big yeah. ensemble period film. Like she's absolutely getting into it's adapted screenplay, right? It's based on a book. Yes, yeah, adapted. Yeah, and I think she's the front runner to win that right now. If I remember right, I looked at like the potential nominees for okay. adapted screenplay, and the other four were like, okay, Sarah yeah. Pauly. I feel like is a bigger name. She has some great credits, some great credits behind her in yeah. writing, directing, and as an actress. We know her, of course, as an actress too. Yes. So, yeah, I I feel like there's always a push every year to get one woman into director rightfully so yeah and i feel like from what i've seen and what i've read about it in the trailer i feel like women talking feels like it'll be more of an academy awards movie than it is like golden globes where it didn't mm. do very well yeah. i think if there's one movie that started very soft in the award season that's going to do better at the end women talking feels like that movie to me based on everything I've read about it. So yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I think Sarah Polly could get into best director for that movie. I, and she could potentially win yeah. best adapted screenplay. Yeah. And I don't think this is a pandering nomination. If she no. gets in, I think it would be really well-deserved. I know there was some back and forth on the grayscale of the movie. I think it's all very effective given the, the middle ground that mm-hmm. the script kind of, sulks in in terms of the conversation and the dialogue i think it's all very appropriate but it's not just the cinematography and the color palette of the film it's the composition the way she uses the camera to keep things fresh and interesting because so much of the movie takes place in one location Mm -hmm. which over time could perhaps have a stale feeling to it but i don't think it ever becomes stale she does such a great job of keeping things very interesting of course the performances are compelling as well um, I, I think it would be deserved. 
I I would love to see it. I don't. That would not be a pandering nomination. I think. So yeah, I'm 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 definitely for it. The other director that has no chance to get in but should <laughs> is Charlotte Wells. Charlotte Wells for, in her direction. Was that? What, which for film After was that Sun. for? After yeah, for After Sun. Now, After Sun has very little momentum. Paul Mescal might have a chance, perhaps. Who knows? But even his chances, I, I would imagine, are slim. Uh, but Charlotte Wells' direction, I would argue, is maybe the, it's maybe the best direction of the year. I think it's that good. Okay. That is that is a seen. film that has great performances for sure, but that is a film that relies heavily on visual storytelling. There mm-hmm. is so much that she does with the camera, where she uses objects, she puts objects in the frame. That's what the camera is looking at, and those objects say something about our characters and what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting how she does that or even just the way she frames the father daughter dynamic is really moving. I, that film has a strong pathos to it. And a lot of it is the musical choices that she makes. It is the framing of it. It's how she captures the tender bond between those two characters. I, I think she should be in the conversation for best director. She won't be, and it's a shame, but she should her and Sarah Polly, I think should at least in terms of the argument, they should both very much be in the conversation. Yeah, and one film we haven't even mentioned on this in this hour, we should say, is uh, the one the Woman King too. The Woman King, yeah, that's another Which great one. Yeah, is, I think in my video I made a few weeks ago, like, is my eleventh or twelfth place slot for best picture. Now with okay. Bab- Babylon kind of sliding, the Woman King could get in the, get into best picture. Yeah. And I know the category of Critics Choice was ten nominations for yeah. or ten ten slots for best director. But the director of Woman King got in, rightfully so. I, I loved her work on that, Gina Prince uh, by the Wood. So yeah. she she's a potential nominee there too. Yeah. If they didn't go for Sarah Polly, that's a yeah. very well directed film. Very well directed. Lots of action in it. Mm-hmm. But it's also the quite intimate moments of that film are, are really strong. Uh, th- yeah, that one I'd love to see as well. Mm-hmm. There are some. I'm going to be real curious what the Academy does because there's there's potential there for a few of them to get in. And Viola uh, Davis could get in too for the Oscar over, say, a Margot Robbie. Like yeah. Viola Davis could yeah. get in. Yeah, that's yeah. You can never count out Viola Davis. Yeah. They love her. <laughs> they, I they still love her. think Daniel Deadweiler gets in for Till for Best yes, Actress at the Oscars. She should. She's yes. so great in that movie so all the way through. And I think she didn't so, get in at Golden Globe. So there's yeah. like, oh, well, she's out. And I'm like, well, hold on. <laughs> yeah. At, what I love about her funny. in that film, especially in regards to Oscars talk, because uh, I noted earlier that not all the time, but most of the time, they love these really loud performances that have capital A acting in them, mm-hmm. um, you know, which is fine. I'm, I, I, I tend to prefer the, the quieter, introspective, subtle right. performances of Ryan Gosling and First Man, if you will. Mm. Masterpiece of, of performance there. Um, but I think what's interesting about her until is that there are the capital A acting moments, you know, when she first sees her son, for example. But really, a lot of that film is internalized. Right. It is a really quiet, intimate performance for the most part mm-hmm. that doesn't scream Oscars to me. Right. 
mm-hmm. necessarily, but it also makes sense that she's in the conversation. It is one of the best performances of the year, regardless of category, I think. What, so. What's hurting her right now is Till is not showing up anywhere for no, director, the movie picture, itself. screenplay. Yeah. The, the movie, I saw it opening weekend when it came here in October, and the movie I thought was just solid. It's like a three-star movie. It's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she is great. She and is so good. If the yeah. movie were a little better, I think she'd be in no matter what. I just yep. feel like a, people aren't loving the movie, so it's getting harder to yeah. maybe include her. So no, I, I hope I, she gets into yeah. the Oscar. I, I'm with you on that. I, the script perhaps hinders the film a little bit from being as as great as it could be. But yeah, her performance is terrific. Yeah, absolutely no denying it. So, but but it's surprising to me in the sense that it's it's more quiet than it is conventional, I mm-hmm. guess. But but will yeah, Kate really Blanchett like- sweep? That's the question. Will <laughs> she get her third Oscar in March? It seems too easy. I don't but, know. <laughs> okay. So, yes, Kate Blanchett, if she wins, I'm not going to be mad. It's Kate Blanchett. She's yeah. incredible. But this has to be Michelle Yeoh's year, right? <laughs> it has to be. Yeah. I mean, I mean she's never been nominated, Michelle Yeoh. Never been she's nominated. She's got such a narrative. Won. She's exactly. got such a narrative. People love her. We've always really adored her work for many years. And now she's got the very great, rich role that showcases everything she can do. And everybody yeah. loves the movie. It might not win Best Picture. What's the big award it could take? Kate Blanchett already has two. She already, and she's Tar, already is, won. Tar is not a movie that everyone in the academy is going to love it's very mm-hmm. long and very strange in a different way than everything everywhere is strange i don't know <laughs> yeah so i yeah like it would i would love to, to see blanchett win a third oscar for what i think is one of her very best performances in tar mm-hmm. but michelle yo is what i'm feeling right now yeah i feel I like think that michelle yo is gonna win at sag and then okay. it's going to escalate to her Oscar win. That's what I'm feeling right now, but we'll see. Yeah, I, I'm feeling that as well. I hope you're right. And again, I, I love Kate. I would imagine, I am absolutely speculating here, but if you were to ask Kate Blanchett, surely she'd be like, yes, I have two Oscars. P- please give this to Michelle. Yo. <laughs> like, this is her year. Like, I don't think Kate will be missing the third Oscar. She's fine. She's got two. I, you know, maybe it's more competitive internally than I'm giving it credit for. I don't know. But I, I would think that voters understand, okay, Kate's been here before. She has her <laughs> trophies. Let's, yeah. let's, let's give it to the narrative. Let's give it to Michelle. She deserves it. And I believe, is it true? An, an Asian American woman has never been nominated for Best Actress? I think I did read that. I think that is true. It's insanity. Yeah. For 95 years. So I think a lot of people are going to get behind her. Just because of that. Yeah. And And not just because of that. It's a worthy performance. That's what I mean. Yeah. That would just be, that'd be a very exciting narrative and win. And if you're watching Michelle Yeoh at all during award season in these like Hollywood reporter roundtables and variety in these videos. Oh, yeah. She's just so lovely. She's so. Absolutely. Yeah. No, she's. It'd be an awesome win. Yeah. It's impossible to not like her. I would love to hear those speeches as well. Yeah. And and yeah, I more than anything, it's a deserving performance. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely worthy of the win. So yeah, very, very excited for all of that. Um I, I guess the last question I have for you here, and then we'll kind of we'll kind of wind down here. So 
We've talked, we, we've, we've kind of scatterbrained some of these categories. Uh, I want to know the, the one category or the one performance, the one nominee, regardless of category, that you're maybe hoping for the most. Like, what is the one thing that you want to see the most out of this year's Oscars? Like, to win? Yeah, to, to win. Yeah, to win. Again, regardless of category, what is the one thing you, you want more than anything else? Like, if I had to pick, like, it's weird because <laughs> I think Kate Blanchett gave my favorite performance of the year. But if there was, like, one moment that night that I would love to see the most, I think it's Michelle Yeoh winning Best Actress. Okay. There I would love to see Kihi Kwan win for Best Supporting Actor. Supporting mm-hmm. Actress, yeah. like, I, I made a video a few months ago about Angela Bassett. She is amazing. I love her. So if she were to win Best Supporting Actress for Black Panther, that would be really cool. Mm-hmm. And then Best Actor, I'm not like like Austin Butler or Colin Farrell would be great. Uh, you know what I would love to see win? I would love to see Todd Field win Best Director for Tar. <laughs> Interesting. I love that. That would be up there. Like, I don't even know if he gets the nomination. I think he yeah. does. I think he gets the nomination for Tar for Best yeah. Director. See, now that's an interesting one for me because when we reviewed that on the show some weeks ago, you know, my, like my argument for it was like, I understand that he's most likely going to be talked about for his screenplay here. Right. But I think his directing is equally pivotal as Mm -hmm. to why that film is as effective as it is. Yeah. And he should be talked about more in the vein of best director or equally anyway, in the vein of best director as his screenplay. So that's it. I love that pick. That would his be work awesome. Is so, yeah. His work is so strong. I've, I've loved all three of his movies. He's three for mm-hmm. three. In the Bedroom Same. was great. He got a yeah. Best Director nomination for In the Bedroom. And mm-hmm. then Little Children is amazing. I saw that movie yeah. twice the first week it was out when I, list, when I lived in L.A. Little Children blew me, blew me away. And he's yeah. such a great director. And we've had a 16-year yeah. wait for Tar. He's been, I know. He's been doing a lot of things, but... Nothing has come to fruition, and it's just such a well-directed movie all the way through. Like you can tell, I agree. So much thought has been put into every scene and and how it's yeah. and all like the 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 later when I didn't even notice the first time, like the ghost story of the film yeah. and the frames of the movie where you can see there's like there's a person in the shadows and all of these little like details he scatters yeah. throughout the movie. All that's like, great. I think and, I think my choice outside of maybe Michelle Yeoh for actress would be Todd Field best director for Tar. I thought he did a great job. No, I I love that pick and and not and you're right. The intricate details of every frame is is really great. But I also think that film falls apart if not for these two things: the long one take shot when she's doing the uh, the oh class early on in the film. That blew, that, that blew my mind. Incredible, and you know. That is so necessary given reveals that come later on, right? Mm -hmm. So he has to nail that. Otherwise, it does not work. The other thing, too, is because of the time jumping of the film, it would, you know, if not calculated correctly, it would be easy to kind of get lost or for the film to feel muddled in terms of its storytelling because Mm -hmm. we're jumping around through gaps. Um but I never felt like the film was confounding in that. Like it's still very seamless. It's everything is attainable in that movie. Mm-hmm. And it all comes down to the editing of it and how, how he's able to bring characters in and out of the story in a way that, you know, that flows and, and has a rhythm to it. So 
It, like that could have easily have been mishandled. And if so, it, I mean, we're talking about a very different experience at that point. So his direction, I think is, is pivotal to that film yeah. as well as the writing of it. So I'm just hoping it gets into the top five for best director. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, one can help. Don't, don't, don't let him <laughs> slide by and throw in some sort of random nomination for a movie. That's my, maybe not as deserving. Yeah. I think horror should get into best screenplay, best director, best picture, and best yeah. actress for Blanchett. And I'd even throw in Nina Haas for best supporting actor, Ooh, actress. I thought she was great. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Love me some Nina Haas. Nina Haas, who I'm watching. I'm, yeah. I'm watching uh, Jack Reacher season oh, okay. three on Amazon and Nina nice. Haas is in it and she's great. Oh, is she? That's, okay. <laughs> I did not know that. That's interesting. But I do love me some Nina Haas, so <laughs> that would be fun. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, as we uh, wind down here, why don't you uh, tell us about all of the fun things you do, your podcast or YouTube channel. Where can we find you on social media? So you can find me on Twitter. That's where I'm most active at Mr. Brian Rowe. That's M-R Brian Rowe. I have a YouTube channel called Brian Rowe Video, where every week I talk about the Oscars. Sometimes they're history videos, sometimes they're prediction videos, but you can find me on there every Tuesday with a new video on Brian Rowe Video. I have a podcast called, uh, I have my podcast, which is Film at 50, where we talk about movies released 50 years ago, and you can catch my reviews at In Session Film. Yeah, be sure to go and check out all of Brian's great work, follow him on social media and the Twitter sphere doing some really, really great work uh, and very engaging too. Brian's always asking some really fun questions <laughs> that you'll want yeah. to participate in. So yeah, thanks for being here, man. Really do appreciate it. Uh, as I noted earlier in this conversation, we just got done talking about Babylon and glass onion episode five fourteen is available right now. So you can go and uh, check all that out. It was really fun. And then in two weeks, episode 516 is our in session film awards. Uh, as much as we talk about the Oscars, we all know it's the in session film awards that matter most. So <laughs> make sure you tune in for all of that coming uh, very, very soon. So thanks again, Brian, for being here. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will see you all next time on the in session film podcast. Go Todd field. <laughs> Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.